Hey guys, welcome to the Mortgage Man Podcast. I'm Aaron, aka The Mortgage Man, and this podcast is brought to you by Tenta Financial Advisors, where we're going to discuss how to do mortgages, KiwiSaver, and personal insurance better. We're going to have lots of guests, lots of information, and lots of helpful tips so that you can speed up the process. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to episode of The Mortgage Man Podcast. This may be your first podcast that you'll listen to of ours. I'm Aaron from Tantamai Financial Advisors, and I'm joined here by Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? So you've probably seen our Facebook ad, you've downloaded our KiwiSaver guide, and you're like, I don't have time to read it. I'd rather listen to it. So Chris and I are going to talk to you about the who, what, why, how, who, why of KiwiSaver, um, and how you can maximize it as soon as possible to get into your first home sooner and then use it again for retirement. Make sense? <laughs> Bit of a mouthful, but basically we're just going to make it easy. Listen up. We'll make it simple, as easy simple. to understand. Yeah. So let's start with what is KiwiSaver? KiwiSaver is actually a retirement savings plan. It's designed to uh, give you money when you retire. However, in New Zealand, we suck at saving, so why not make it so you can pull it all out before you retire and buy a house? So, fantastic thing. Everyone kind of thinks it's a first home buyer's thing, but it's, it's what we use it for. But yeah, it's a retirement scheme. Yeah, so you can use it twice to buy your first home and then again for retirement. We're going to focus on helping you buy your first home, um, but that is an important part once you've bought a house to think about for the retirement. So... How do people get involved with KiwiSaver? Does it happen automatically or do they need to manually go out there and sign up for it? It's one of the things that seems like it happens automatically, but you do actually need to sign up for it. It's going to be one of the pieces of paper in the five odd things you sign when you get your first job usually, um, or your parents are kind enough to have signed you up when you were younger. But basically... You sign up whenever you, you, you can have it from the day you're born, um, but you do need to fill out a couple of forms, super simple, and it's, uh, then it's there. Cool. Magic. And how does it actually work? Like, what's the benefits of it, and what's the, like, kind of, uh, how, how do you make contributions? I've heard there's free money from the government. I've heard there's free money from your employer. Like, how does it actually work so that you can actually use that money for a deposit and build that, that little nest egg up? Yeah, so there's, there's three different ways it mainly comes into your account. So one is just um, you typically have 3% of your paycheck when you sign up goes towards your KiwiSaver. So it forces you to save 3% of whatever you get paid into a savings account, um, i.e. KiwiSaver. The cool thing is the government said that your employer needs to match that. So you get another 3% uh, for into your savings account. Now, most employers um, give this to you on top of your salary. So if you get a $50,000 salary, you'll get that plus another 3% per annum. Um, You're trying so to figure that out in your head. <laughs> how, much that, how much that is. Yeah, so you get extra money into your account. Yeah. And um, there we go. And then last but not least, the government gives you a lovely $521 um, per year to just top it up in the end of June, or sorry, the start of June when it comes around. 
it's only if you've been contributing though. So if you haven't been contributing or you're self-employed and you are your own boss and you've decided you don't want to give your KiwiSaver any money, um, you're not going to get that money. They'll contribute 50 cents for every dollar you put into up to a maximum of $521. Okay. Free money. Yeah. So three main places, your own money that you earn automatically deducted, your employer giving you some money and then the government giving you some money. Correct. Okay. Sounds good. Um, what, how do people get it out? Do they have to meet certain requirements before they can withdraw the KiwiSaver for their first time? Yeah, definitely. They're not just going to let you pull it out whenever you want because otherwise no one would have any savings and that's why <laughs> you don't have your own savings. Um, you have to go through a process. Again, it's um, each different provider, each different KiwiSaver company has a slightly different way of doing it. Some are really complex and annoying. Some are super straightforward. But basically, you fill out a form, you get a bunch of documents together with a lawyer, and they will submit it all off. The reason you need the lawyer is because they just need to um, verify everything as an, a true copy of what you're giving it. And so it's things like uh, your passport, your proof of address um, and things like that. So nice and easy, but uh, you, you apply for it, you get it out through your lawyer. And you need sales and purchase agreement to prove that you're actually <laughs> buying a house. <laughs> you do actually need a house to be buying it, yes. Yep. That's the other part. Yep. Okay, so that's like the pretty surface level KiwiSaver stuff, but obviously each KiwiSaver provider uh, is not exactly designed or made the same is it so you have the default providers you've got the banks and then you've also got the specialized kiwi saver providers right that's correct yeah default providers are basically the government puts together a list of of because if you don't choose what company you go to when you sign up you're like i have no idea you just get put into a lottery of default providers and the reason the government choo chooses those is because they just they're the ones that they reckon you'll get the best service from they don't actually care about the performance they don't care if it suits you they don't care if it's socially responsible ethical invests in russia who knows <laughs> they just topical yeah they just um <laughs> they just choose the ones which reckon you'll get the most uh love so those are your default providers your banks they typically just pay someone else to do it um, they are the biggest providers. They hold most KiwiSavers in the country. I think it's like 70, 60 to 70% of people are with the banks who literally take your money, give it to someone else and pay them to look after it for you because they are banks, not investment companies. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the specialist ones. The good news is some of them are default providers as well, but those guys typically kill it in comparison to the banks and everyone else. They That's their only job. Their job is to do investing and do it well so those guys are the ones we typically work with um and we advise everyone to go with someone who that, that's all they care about yeah exactly so i think people also need to understand that your kiwi saver funds are actually invested into things depending on what fund selection you choose right so obviously i guess you could group the main three fund selections as conservative moderate and growth that's correct, yep. Yeah. Do you want to quickly run down what each one of those are? Yeah, so the easiest way to talk about KiwiSaver is just to talk about when you're actually going to use it. 
because remember there's only two times you can use it a growth fund is typically when you got five to ten years until you touch it and you just want to make as much money as possible because you're gonna you're not gonna care if it goes up and down so we'd call that high risk high reward kind of high risk high reward (laughs) long term the thing to understand about KiwiSaver is there's not actually a huge amount of risk they are monitored by the FMA they are monitored by all sorts of um, companies so they, they don't actually take a huge amount of risk they're not investing in startup Wolf of Wall Street type of stuff they're all big companies but they are the ones that typically go up and down a little bit more the um, moderate funds the other ones where you got kind of you don't want the full risk of going up and down you're kind of nervous about the market maybe but you've only got two or three years left so you don't want to um, really take all that risk you want to make sure your money's there when you get it and then of course last but not least the conservative stuff that's there when you're going to use it in the next year or two um, they typically are there because when you're looking for a house once you've saved up enough money the last thing you want is for that money to go down it's gonna ruin all your plans if it goes up sweet that's a nice um, bonus but it's not always guaranteed to go up so it's always a really good idea to jump into a conservative fund if you're just about to use it because you know what you've got you know what you can spend and it means you will get your house if you keep going as it is so those ones are the safer ones safe they still can (laughs) go down um, and go from the yeah yeah those are your three ones mainly and then of course there's always a mix of three you can chop it change it to half and half etc etc yeah so do you advise that people just make these decisions on which fund and which provider they should be in on their own or base it on media headlines or do you think that maybe they should get the advice of a kiwi saber advisor i think i'm a little biased here <laughs> but i should i definitely think you get a, a kiwi saber advisor in. and one of the biggest reasons why is they're not all the same like a lot of the the banks and things they just pay someone else to do it so you're paying fees for no reason um the other thing is a company can call its its funds say a conservative fund but really it's made up between 30 and 40 percent of actual growth uh companies so in my mind if it's like 40 up gets up to 40 percent growth it's that's no longer a a conservative fund anymore and you could actually have your money go down like that's not what they're designed for so a good advisor we know these things there's hundreds and hundreds of different choices we kind of keep on top of all of them figure out which ones are the best and say hey look here's top three options go for that make this wonderful world of investing super easy and and just bring it back to the basics of here's the best one look at this make up your own mind here's why I think it's the best. And I think, why wouldn't you? Because a KiwiSaver advisor is free. Like That's we right. get paid by whoever provider we put your, your stuff with. You're an individual, you should get an individual kind of approach to your, your investing and your KiwiSaver account. Um, and I guess the extra added benefit is that the reason you are getting your KiwiSaver into the right fund and right provider is so you can buy a house sooner. And because we're also mortgage brokers, we're going to help kind of position it that way because we know what the mortgage world looks like as well. Yeah, that's, that's, like- that's it. And I think the, the age-old adage of um, individual 
situations apply is always it's actually really important and actually makes a big difference not all key savers are the same we're going to give you the best advice and help you also on the other end make it as smooth as possible because we know what you want to do with it you want to buy a house so mm-hmm. if everything's geared towards buying a, a house um, then it's going to come up with the best results yeah, and I think that brings up a very good point, which in the last two years, we've had two major events that have made KiwiSaver go down. And wouldn't it be nice just to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, what do I do? And that person on the other end of the phone is someone who knows you and knows exactly what your goals are. That'd be, I mean, I would find that as the main benefit, just to be like, hey, what, what should I do? That's yeah, totally, massive. especially when it's free. Exactly. Um, and just to clarify, we, we do actually get paid. Um, by the providers by doing that job that's you know you could call up the bank and someone would get paid to answer your questions there but if you've ever called an 0800 number to try and get through to ANZ you'll be there for half an hour 45 minutes they'll reroute you to the Philippines and then you won't get an answer so um, (laughs) that's why you need an advisor because it's free and uh, it's personal advice someone knows your name Okay, so if you are listening and you're like, oh, I want to talk to these guys, the link that you would have clicked to listen to this podcast has a link in there where you can apply for a call and one of us will call you back with um, personal, individualized, free advice on what you should do next. Yeah. Otherwise, hello at hanta.co.nz, T-A-N-T-A. Thanks for listening. Keep listening to the other podcast episodes. They're pretty awesome, pretty helpful. And thank you, Chris, for spending 13 minutes and 21 seconds of your day to talk to us about that. You're welcome. (laughs)